0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the Norton Rose Fulbright Regulation Tomorrow podcast, where we explore the latest developments in risk and regulation in the financial services sector. My name is Matt Gregory. I'm a counsellor in the financial services team in London, and I'm joined by my colleagues, Hany Sade, who's the director of risk consulting, and Joe Bamford, who's a senior associate in the financial services team in London. Today is the first podcast in a series looking at the new consumer duty. In today's podcast, we'll be looking at the impact on the distribution chain, and in future podcasts, we'll be looking at the new approach to customer communications that the new consumer duty will bring, the FCA's expectations on price and value, monitoring and testing and what that means for new systems and controls, and then finally, key implementation and governance considerations. And for these podcasts, I'm going to be joined by a variety of speakers from across the team, and externally but without further ado today we're going to be looking at the distribution chain and Joe, in this podcast we're talking about the issues for firms in the chain of distribution of products to a retail customer now the new consumer duty is obviously a package of new rules and guidance so what is it in particular that we're looking at here
1: uh, thanks, Matt. Well, I mean, the key part of the consumer duty that we're focusing on for these purposes is the products and services outcome, which is one of the four outcomes that form part of the uh, consumer duty principle. So, I mean, in addition to the rules that underpin this outcome, the FCA has got a lot of guidance, both within the proposed FCA handbook text and in additional material within its latest consultation on its expectations for firms in compliance outcome. But in essence, the products and services outcome is about ensuring that firms design products to meet consumers' needs and are targeted at those consumers. But it's really important that firms understand that, you know, this outcome really is to ensure that firms act to deliver good outcomes for consumers. It's not just that products and services are provided to a relevant target market.
0: Thanks, Joe. And Hani, obviously, we know that the new package distinguishes between manufacturers and distributors. And in many ways, particularly in the investment business sector, that's nothing new, um, but the impacts will be different, won't they across the distribution chain? So what will this mean for manufacturers and then for distributors?
2: Yeah, this is, this is very much building upon what we've seen over the past few years by regulatory intervention. So with MIFID II, We saw further collaboration between manufacturers and distributors in effectively understanding uh, customers and where these products are sold. And I think that the key word in this is data and the use of data. It's not necessarily about being um, police-like in the views that we take um, in regards to manufacturer and distributor um, interaction. Uh, Now, the CP itself has a range of um, requirements that it sets out for both the manufacturers and distributors. And what you will see as a reoccurring theme is this idea around the process for products and services. Manufacturers by now in the UK have a well thought out product governance process um, that they've modified intensely during the MIFID II implementation period. And I think what's going to be really key for manufacturers is ensuring that they really understand what it is That the the fair value assessment is providing, because that's going to become an integral part of their product governance process going forward. And I think as well with fair value, um, that they need to take account of, uh, within the products and services, limitations, but also fees and charges. Now, I think um, in terms of the manufacturer's process, this might be something that's quite hard to pin down specifically because they tend to look at products from very specific lenses. And so what's going to happen over a period of time is that various sectors uh, with specific offerings will have to look in quite distinct ways in how they manage fair value in relation to their product and service offerings. So I think in conclusion, it's important that the manufacturing entities when dealing with their distributors have a pretty strong idea of where their products are being used.
0: Yeah, thanks, Hani. And you, you raised a really good point there, didn't you, about the different, different impacts across sectors? And obviously, the new consumer duty applies really broadly across all areas of the regulatory landscape in connection with um, financial services and products provided to a retail customer. And you mentioned quite a lot there about MIFID 2 and the developments that the new consumer duty will bring to product governance. This is going to be quite a big change, isn't it, outside of uh, investment business. So in sectors, for example, like core retail banking, um, in the mortgages sector, consumer credit, um, payments, and so on. And so, I mean, I guess this is a you know, an area in particular where differing uh, firms in differing sectors will be at um, various stages of development, I suppose, in terms of their approach to
2: distribution and meeting these new requirements. Yes, it's a really good point, actually, Matt, because you'll remember from the original CP through to the revisions um, that happened last year, two options were laid out for the industry. Option one, a firm must act to deliver good outcomes for retail clients, customers, and firms must act in the best interests of retail clients. Um, and the decision was made to go towards option one. In doing so, what we're now looking at in terms of outcomes for retail clients is a life cycle over a lifetime. And various sectors of the retail customer industry are going to have to take a specific look at what that means. So for investment business, that has a very specific lens compared to say consumer credit. And this is the calibration That will happen as a result of the various governance processes to ensure that that lifetime lens is applied.
0: And So Joe with some of the work that we've been doing already there's been quite a lot of discussion about apportionment of liability hasn't there for actors in the distribution chain and it's fair to say that's been a key area of focus through the the kind of phases of development of this new initiative as, as Hani mentioned. How does the FCA expect firms to deal with this and, and sort of what are the practical challenges that we've been seeing already?
1: Uh, thanks, Matt. I mean, so I mean, firstly taking on manufacturers. The FCA have sort of sought to go to an existing um, requirement that they have in the context of MIFID 2 product governance and, and impose a requirement for firms to enter into sort of co-manufacturer agreements where they should be identifying their respective responsibilities and um the manufacturing of that relevant product or service. Um, I mean, one of the key challenges for firms in in this particular uh, way will be in determining, first of all, who who the co-manufacturers are. There's a bit of a difference in the scope of a manufacturer between the existing sort of MIFID definition that people may well be familiar with and the new definition under the consumer duty. But then secondly, it's really digging into what is your regulatory responsibilities under the consumer duty, given a lot of it is more outcome focused and and potentially a little bit more high level Um, and firms then having to set that out, it it might be difficult and we expect it will be for firms to really understand where is the line between their responsibilities and the other co-manufacturer and how they set that out in the contract. And and importantly, the FCA have already said you can't allocate or delegate away your regulatory responsibility. So it's not that firms can sort of seek to try and agree between themselves exactly where that line may be. Um, so that's certainly going to be one of the key challenges. I mean, the others will probably be then in broader through the distribution chain, in the you know sharing of information. I mean, in order to make sure that you can try and say that you've reached good outcomes for customers, I think we're expecting a lot greater um, kind of onus on firms to get more information about how the products and services perform over their life cycles, as I talked about. Um, And they'll need to sort of get that, obviously, from other distributors or in in the chain. I mean, it's going to be a lot deeper in terms of the level of information required. And obviously, that will then start to, I think, rub up against commercial considerations. People won't necessarily want to share some of their costings information or just confidential information on the products or service. Um, And there's obviously also wider considerations around things like competition law um, that could limit what people can and can't share. So... I think there are a lot of, lot of challenges out there for firms and understand exactly how they can comply with this outcome and at the same time you know, deal with their existing kind of commercial realities um, as well.
0: Yeah, thanks, Joe. I and mean, there's a lot uh, packed away there, isn't there? And I think it's fair to say that one of the earliest and probably the best things that firms can do is to identify the full spread and depth of the distribution chain that they're a part of. Um, because as you say um, you know one can't allocate away the regulatory responsibilities in some ways and, and you know maybe this is most useful for firms in sectors outside of investment business but the FCA's approach to this is you know really in keeping to my mind anyway, with, with their approach to MiFID 2 which is that each actor in the chain is responsible for their own regulated activities and their own role in the chain and it kind of it shouldn't look beyond that but in order for this Sort of to work in the way that the FCA anticipates, it is going to require a degree of openness, isn't it, throughout the chain. As Hany mentioned earlier, the key is data, information flows, and all of the things that you've mentioned, Joe, about confidentiality and competition law and so on. going to be really knotty issues for industry to work through. I think it's unavoidable, really, that um, the trade bodies and, and others are going to have a role to play in convening that in a similar way to, to MIFID too, so that you know perhaps template agreements are put in place so that everybody knows really where their responsibility ends, and then a distributor picks up or a co-manufacturer picks up. So, all in all then, a lot to consider in connection with the distribution chain. And in many ways, this first podcast is teasing out some of the issues that we're going to look at in more detail in some of our further podcasts yet to come, for example, on monitoring testing and price and value. I should also add that each of our podcasts in this series will be supplemented by sector-specific short briefing papers with the key issues for firms in particular sectors, for example, in wealth management. So please do look out for those. Right now, the key message for firms is one which we emphasized at our bigger briefing in January. The new consumer duty is very broad in scope, and it will have direct and indirect impacts on firms throughout the distribution chain of products to retail customers, even those who don't have direct contractual relationships with those retail customers. Firms should really map the impacts now in terms of their existing distribution arrangements. There's likely to be a need to reevaluate information flows and MI between the parties, which may require renegotiation and resetting those arrangements in some circumstances. But I think we're coming up to time now. And so the final thing for me to say is thank you very much for listening today. And we look forward to the next podcast in the series.